I want to appreciate the, pray, uh, the prayers. Thank you for your prayers. Um, uh, not only that I've heard and observed, but your passion for to know that the Lord is 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 the sovereign one who causes all things to work together for the counsel of His will. And um, I, I want to get to what Rick wanted me to do, but I want to I want to sort of start out a little bit further and then bring it into to what I want to share with you. Um, I, I don't think sometimes we understand how the Lord uses suffering, um, in not only in our lives, but especially specifically in, in the manner of, of the gospel. And so if you'll take your Bibles to Colossians chapter one, and, and I'll be there just a moment, but, uh, as a preacher, uh, I always have titles. So praying that God would continue to use suffering for the sake of the gospel would be what I'm talking about. Before we get there, let me just share a couple other scripture verses with you. We find out in suffering, for suffering, that according to Romans 5, verses 1 through 3, um, I won't read all of this, uh, but in verse 3, and not only so, but we glory in tribulations, also knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience endurance, or experience and experience hope, and the hope maketh us not ashamed. And so in that text, suffering is producing hope in us. And I think we can all say that if you've if you have suffered much, you know your hope is in heaven and you look forward to being with the Lord um, forever and ever. First Peter four, um, Peter reminds us, beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trials, which is to try you as some strange thing happening to us, but rejoice in as much as you are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad with exceeding joy. That suffering is equipping us to rejoice when he is revealed. And won't that be a great day when the Lord returns in all of his glory and and we get to be with him. Or James 1, verses 2 and 3, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, all manners of temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, or we know producing steadfastness, or firm, unshakable faith, and how much we would all long that our, that our faith would not be shaken by anything in the world that the world has to offer. My life verse, 2 Corinthians 4, verses 16 and 17, for which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perishes, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light momentary affliction is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, preparing for us an, an eternal weight of glory. It's producing something. That suffering is not wasted. It's producing something. It's doing something in us. Or Matthew 5, verses 11 and 12, Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which are before them. That suffering reminds us that there is a reward waiting for us in heaven. And we look forward to being there with him and, and experiencing that. Uh, Acts chapter 5. And they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And daily in the temple and every house, they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. Rejoicing when, we're, when we and our, our testimonies 
are so evil spoken of that we suffer shame for the cause of Christ, and we rejoice in that. But our text in Colossians 1 is different. Um, verse 24 is just first part of this. Paul writing here to the church at Colossae, who now rejoice in my suffering for you. And I fill up that which is behind in the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for the sake of his body, which is the church. Now we know that in the afflictions of Christ, there was nothing lacking. It's not Christ plus anything. It's not Christ plus works. It's not Christ plus any good thing. It's Christ and Christ alone. In fact, that's what the book of Colossians is about, that our salvation in Christ is complete. That's what he deals with in chapter two, that our, our forgiveness in Christ is complete, that our victory in Christ is complete. But here Paul is talking about how God is going to use his suffering for a platform for the gospel. He viewed every time he suffered as a means by which God was using his suffering to present the gospel. Someone said about the verse, suffering is not an accident. Suffering is not a mere result of faithfulness to the Great Commission. Suffering is a strategy of God to complete the Great Commission because Paul said, I am suffering for your sake. I'm filling up. I'm completing. I'm spreading. I'm taking. I'm bringing the suffering of Christ to you. Well, as Rick mentioned, um, we are dealing a lot with South Africa, and I, I just want to back up just a little bit. Missionary couple that were born and raised in that part of Africa, they are what some would require, say was they're the white Africans. Um, in 1995, they were actually in South Africa, and their 21-year-old son, Simon, who had a great burden to go back to this southern, just north of, of, of South Africa to minister to those people, he dropped dead at 21 years of age. And they decided that they would pick up his passion for that country. It took them about three years to get there. And upon arriving within three weeks, a man had knocked on their door and gave his life to Christ. I just used that. That was in 1998. So if we jump forward approximately 30 years, not quite 30 years, that that one bit of suffering has now turned into 12 churches, 2,500 people that have given their heart and life to Christ. In 2002, Stuart came down with a rare liver disease and was confined to South Africa um, because of there is no not much medical uh, attention there in, in, in that part of where he is. And the, the biggest problem that he ran into was the training of the pastors. There was a land reform act that went into, into a being and um, the church was taken uh, along with all their property. And that one church in a matter of weeks turned into three churches. And the men that he had been investing in for several years needed training. And in 2010, he asked us to go. And we began to minister to those men on the basis of helping train them. When 2021, Stuart went home to be with the Lord. And in 2023, we began the Stuart Waugh Pastor Training School. Conceived in suffering, 
but rejoicing that the word of God goes forth with power and transforming people in Southern Africa. 12 churches now, over 2,500 people. As Rick has mentioned, our team is there now. I, I can't describe to you um, what, what should have been about 24 hours to get there, took 48 hours, lost luggage, uh, books destroyed, notebooks destroyed, sickness, people in our church sick, but God is faithful. And we're realizing that through suffering, this is becoming a platform to show the mighty power of God. I know we're praying for revival and we need to continue to pray for revival. I pray for revival for the town that I live in, but you know something, God is working. And just because he's not working in my neighborhood doesn't mean he's not working in that neighborhood. In that part of Africa, we could literally start a church a week. They are seeing hundreds of people coming to a saving knowledge of Christ. And it is just a joy to be with those men. That's what I want to ask. I guess I ask myself, am I using the suffering that I go through as a platform for the gospel? They are there. Stuart Waugh did, and God is rewarding that. And I'm just, I'm asking us and asking you to pray for, pray for Zimbabwe. Please, I beg you to pray for our ministry there in Zimbabwe, that God would use us to train the next generation of preachers to proclaim the unsearchable riches of Christ to the glory of God alone. Thanks, Rick.